0: Here I am again and this will be part of a longer episode which is up-to-date, real-time of what is happening now in 2021 as season three. And season two, if it's not clear, is conversations that I had with myself years ago, starting in 2016 and going until 2019. So I think it went around three and a half years. And then things changed and I haven't really been talking to myself. And at times I've wanted to get back into it, but it hasn't really happened. And so this is another attempt to get back into it, partly because it seems like the new information funnel or channel or download has slowed down a little bit. And I'm not sure why that is, and I don't think it's really a problem. But I do find myself, as I was speaking about the other day, craving altered states. And that has taken the form of drinking a bit of beer or drinking a bit of vodka, not getting really, really drunk or anything because I'm not interested in being hungover, but enough to kind of alter consciousness. And at the same time, alcohol is a depressant, so I don't really think that's the exact effect that I'm wanting, but then other things are Psychoactive and could lead to psychosis or something and I do think I was sharing that years ago when I was talking to myself one time I decided to have a, a drink and it made me really go kind of nuts so then I just didn't drink and I haven't been drinking and I'm not recommending it or anything but I'm wondering if it's because I've been stable for quite a long time now it's been since mid 2019 so that's about two years just over two years i remember i was hospitalized in 2019 and right after that i made a couple dialogues with myself but then i didn't continue and then i stopped and it took a few months after that. It was April. It took a few months before I started being able to do things and sort of be in the linear world. I was depressed for a few months because I had gone into a big-time mania, if you want to call it that, for quite a while. And so I knew I was going to pay the price, and I was I was kind of okay with that. But at the same time it was hard for me to go and get help and I even wanted help. I wanted help from the system at that point. But it was hard to to get there because I had, you know, some thoughts of not wanting to go there and some thoughts of being able to maybe get through it myself. But at the same time I knew it wasn't gonna be possible. I just I'd gone too far and and I knew I had. Yet it was still hard to go get help. And I finally was able to. And since then, I, I spent that summer pretty depressed and not being able to function. And then when I came out of it, I was able to do things and go about life. I was doing some food delivery driving, which I, I quite enjoyed because I like to drive. It's fun. And then I went back to California for a short trip. And then I came back, and then I started working in the mental health system again in a different capacity and before that, I went to Hawaii for a month, and then that's when you know the whole world changed as soon as I got back um, that's when everything started to change, and um, since things were you know shut down. I decided and I had already decided to start working on a book. So that was about a year and a half ago now and I'm at the point now where I'm getting close to being finished and that being said it's not perfect and I don't think it's going to be perfect. I had somebody beta read the book and they said that it it stands out because they had read quite a few psychology type books I don't it's not really a psychology book but they said my book stands out they also said that it's pretty intense the tone is intense I don't know if that's the tone in my self dialogues with myself or what but I was thinking about that comment, about the intense tone, because the reader recommended that I have an editor kind of look at the tone when they look at it, and at the same time I'm wondering, I don't know if somebody could get the intense tone out of there, I don't know if it needs to get out of there, because this information is pretty intense. Because a lot of it sort of new or weird or mind-boggling or unbelievable or impossible and there's a lot of it and not only that I've sort of filtered down from like this much information like huge amount of information down to what's into this first book that I'm writing and the writing process has been quite different than I can imagine, or I've even read, that people recommend how you write a book. Like you write an outline, and then you sort of write your points, and then you have your sort of intro and outro line relating to the next chapter. It hasn't been like that at all. Because I wrote out pages upon pages, a big stack of paper, like three or four inches thick. And then from that I went through everything that I wrote, And I typed it into a document and I think at first I put it into loose categories and then I had to basically each time, each iteration of editing, transfer it from one document to a next and sort of leave the ones behind that I didn't want to go with. And I probably had to go through like 10 iterations of that. Then I had to, not only that, once they had gone into the headings, I had to stick them in order, some kind of order. And then I had to like kind of link them together and make points that were sort of linear one after another somewhat. I guess I didn't have to write it like that, but um, it seemed to work out. But I think the editing process of the book in a way has mirrored somewhat what it's like to have access to extra information because of bipolar consciousness or trans-consciousness which is, you know, there's these bits that don't necessarily fit together or link together and there's a certain amount of signal which, which is way less than the amount of noise of the overall information. And so trimming it down from finding the signal from the noise and then, you know, there's a lot in the signal that's meaningful and then it's not necessarily significant to other people. So I've tried to include that which is significant to others in their journey and maybe I'm completely wrong. I don't even know and I might have been talking about this last time so I won't go into it too much but it seems like the next book that I'm writing is going to go together in much the same way because it's just more categories that aren't fitting in the first book and then I have to go through and put all the points that are there sort of in a an order of some kind and expand upon them and make them full sentences and things like that. So it's quite arduous. Um, I'm feeling, I'm starting the second one because what I've discovered is that it's quite helpful to ask for help from people on Fiverr. And so far I've really liked What people have done. And I had somebody create a podcast intro, like a speaking bit, as well as um, music. And the person put the music with the different person put the music with the spoken part. I had someone beta read my book. I had someone find some references because I found with writing the book, I just got to this point where. I just didn't even want to look at it anymore. And so I figured why not just see if somebody does bibliographies. So um, I had someone do a test section and it looked pretty good. So then I had them do some research on some of the sections that I hadn't done yet. And then lastly, now they're doing the complete bibliography, which should be done in the next 10 days. And I think it's about I think it's about 140 citations or references. And I don't know. I think it's helpful to have some references. I think um, it should be good. And then at the same time, someone else is helping me create a book title. I have some ideas, but this person will create a few other options just to see. And once that's done, I will have someone create a cover based on the title. I had someone create a book description that I need to tweak a little bit, but I thought it was really good. I couldn't write something like that, not even close. And um, I will, once the references are done, I'll have somebody go through and edit it. And after that, I'll get someone to do the book design. And I think a lot of people can get it way with not doing these extra bits, but I think it's been a really fun lesson in outsourcing, and it'd be really cool one day to have a crew of people, whether on Fiverr or another platform, that um, are able to symbolize that they are part of the bipolar crew, and that way we can utilize each other, Um, with these overlapping skills and the book itself I started to talk about it last time I was talking but I ran out of time and um, the working title that I have right now before getting that person's advice is it's too long but it's I don't even know if this was the one, but finding and creating meaning in bipolar mania, breaking the taboo of potential in mania through philosophizing, re-uncovery, regaming, and harvesting special messages to crowd out pathological ideas. Now, it'll be less than that for sure, but that's generally the idea, is introducing this... rearranging of the word recovery, or however you want to call it, and calling it re-uncovery, because a lot of what we come upon, our knowledge that we gather in the state of mania, is lost, because, for one, we're told that it's meaningless. We're told that it was from an illness. And um, also... After it's over, it takes some time to... Re- it's like a hangover, really. The The brain had been working so hard for so long and it takes a bit of time to, to let it settle and get back to processing mainstream reality. It's really a different world to process. So, so I talk about... Um, kind of gamifying bipolar or gamifying mania as like an overarching thing. I sort of thought about that and put it in the intro after, though it's not really uh, peppered through the book like maybe it should be. But at the same time, I don't think I have to keep repeating, oh, this is part of gamification, this is part of gamification. It's just sort of all re-gamifying it, which means creating a different game. like right now we get gamified into being mental patients and I think that we if we if we look at it differently, we can potentially gamify it into something else. And in a way, mania is the universe's attempt to gamify you and your life. I'm pretty sure I said that before too, but it's worth repeating. And I talked about the possibility of using the word transconsciousness for bipolar because our consciousness is trans. It's like we have this mainstream consciousness and then sometimes we go into this manic consciousness. And then, you know, some people might say, well, we also have this um, depressed consciousness or a state of psychosis, which is a different consciousness as well. So, you know, um, it could be an omni-consciousness. It doesn't have to be trans-conscious. But that seems to roll off the tongue quite easily. And so part of that is also re-uncovery is part of the game, right? So the game is to re-uncover mania in retrospect, but it's also to bring that into daily life and then sort of close the gap between daily life when we bring a little bit of mania in there and mania the state so when we stay away and we stay in fear the the gap stays so big but I think we can kind of close the gap and um that's yet to be seen even for myself because like I said I'm not anti-psychiatry I do take medications though it seems like my consciousness is sort of like okay it's time for another journey of some sort, but um, yeah. And then I talk about how to use the book because you know we're gonna go on a journey of making meaning out of out of our experiences and out of the information that came to us. And you know I don't know about you, but for me, a lot of it felt really meaningful. And it's not really any particular bit of information. It's more so the state of being able to sense and alchemize and integrate and create meaning on the go. It's like a spontaneity of meaning instead of um, how we usually experience life as sort of mundane and repetitive. And, and um, that's what our... thinking mind says that life's about Um, but the the manic mind is is different and so you know um, part of it too is to give ourselves permission to to think differently about it because we've been told like the way to approach it and perceive it and think about it and you know like it's an illness and I'm not saying it's not an illness I just feel that Identifying so strongly with that sort of inflates it into something a bigger part of our life than it needs to be. If we choose that we'd like it to our life to be other than that, and so yeah, giving ourselves permission and breaking the taboo it's taboo to be like, Yeah, I'm this, I'm a magical creature, like, I know what. Christ consciousness is like like I had a taste of it it was amazing and when I had that taste I thought I was Jesus like obviously I'm not Jesus but maybe that's how Jesus felt you know and just um, being okay with saying that and owning that but also then letting it go and letting the next thing come in to play because if we start to hold too strongly then it can create stories, and we can believe the stories. And uh, belief is is a real it's a real hurdle. It really is, and we'll talk more that about that later. But I'm hoping this book has a lot of surprises, a lot of resonance where where you might feel like, "Wow, I experienced that same thing or that same feeling." or a very similar event but just different sort of details. And I feel like this really lends weight to the ethics we're perceiving in consciousness in that state as well as how the world works, how um, communication works, that not everything is physical and Newtonian and we're experiencing that and seeing manifestation play out by those rules and laws, which are different, slightly different at least, from what it is that we think. And and uh, for some reason, these traits are are seen as basically threatening, right, to the status quo. And that is partly why, you know, we are asked upon intake, like, oh, are you seeing special messages like are you seeing that you know you might be special and and the world might be able to specifically bring the things that you want into your life um through processes that are faster than physical laws that we know and if somebody's kind of like yes or you know then they don't want us to be able to do that you know who's they I don't know. Um, That question is bigger now than ever. Not sure what that is, but um, it doesn't really matter, right? It doesn't matter. We don't have to know that. And that's the thing. It's more about going back towards what it is that we discovered, and then it sort of got lost because, uh, you know, when somebody returns from space travel, I'm sure the first thing they, they don't just, like, go back to their regular routine and go for a run and do everything they used to do no they have to their body has to recover for a while so the same way like we recover our body and some things after it happens and then when we're feeling better we can go back and look at some of those things that happen if we can remember Um, and even if we can't if we can remember some things then we can have those sort of spark awareness of some of the other things and um yeah it's just kind of moving away from you know it's all a meaningless mental illness the only meaning is this chemical imbalance in your brain and then from that it negates everything that happened for whatever period of time whether it was a day an hour in my case, the first time, two months. Um, That's, it was nice to know that to make it sort of stop, but, you know, the medications usually don't even make it stop forever. It can't, it can't um, stop that impulse of the universe forever. So, you know, I shared a little bit of my story of, you know, when I first found out about the word, Bipolar in my life, and then ended up with a diagnosis myself. And um, how you know in mania we have more access to meaning, and we don't have all the words to describe it. We don't have the words to describe it in the state when we're trying to communicate to ourself or others. We don't have all the words to communicate it after the fact or when we're being apprehended, like we just don't have the language. So not only that, if we even did have the language, that language doesn't fully represent that which we're trying to point to. So in a way, mania is a solution to the state of meaninglessness because it feels so meaningful it feels subjectively meaningful. And in a way, the ego thought patterns are almost like saying this is the objective way of what the world means and it's sort of going around in circles trying to justify that that is what the world means and life means and it doesn't really mean that. That's sort of what we're told it means. And we've never been taught to make our own meaning and figure out what something means for ourselves and create it for ourselves and that being okay it's more about like what's the answer and so you know in a way we haven't we haven't realized our potential and so when we see that okay yeah maybe it was meaningful and It was subjectively meaningful to me and objectively in how life unfolded at that time. Yeah, not everything was great. Um, Probably pissed some people off for sure because I wasn't being myself as they know it. Um, So it's not perfect and I don't know if it ever will be. It's not meant to be a state of perfection. It's more of an improvisation and that's how we can bring some new energy and information into the world. So now that we said okay, it's meaningful. Now we have permission, if we want, to break that taboo and talk about the meaning for ourselves and I talk about just talk about it with yourself. Like I talked about it with myself for those 3 years and When I did talk about it with myself, I had most of the things that I wanted to happen in my life come true, and I'm pretty sure that everything that I was hoping for has come true from what I said up to this point now. So what I was talking about, and maybe not feeling so great about, is healed. It's healed, and um, also, now there's some new stuff for sure, but that's why I wanna get back to talking with myself because I feel that that is one of the main ways that things can manifest because that's the way the universe is going to hear me. It doesn't really hear me the same way. I don't think it hears me. like. It's interesting because I think maybe the universe doesn't really hear us when we're thinking um, as much. It can, but it's it's more quiet it's more powerful when we say it out loud for sure and you know sometimes we we think that other people can hear our thoughts and you know the universe can too but I don't think it's it's as powerful so you know I talked about in the book as well I just go on about like how mania is a good word except in the case of like, say, bipolar mania or, you know, other certain manias. But for the most part, it's indicating, like, energy and um, motivation and different things. So I think we can reclaim the word mania in bipolar mania as positive if we want to create it that way, for it to be that way for ourselves. And the more of us who choose to do that for ourselves... The more that creates that within consciousness. So human consciousness. I feel like the more of us that do this process, the more of us who can um, build sort of a manic consciousness in a way, and a bridge to mania from the regular world. Because you know, if if there were no negatives in it, in In certain ways, like the fallout, anyone would want to be in that state. That's what people are chasing when they're taking drugs or, you know, so many things. They're chasing that state. And then we get it in mania. And then we're sort of chased out of it or forced to swallow pills chased with a glass of water. So, and that's to stay out of it, right? And then everyone else is trying to get into it. So there's people that go into it that... Fall out of it, and there's fallout, and it's like you know, natural or unprovoked, um, as far as like taking something exogenously or from the outside, and you know, in a way where we end up punished for it while everyone else goes home and sort of tries to get into that state or tries to get into an altered state of consciousness of some sort. So, yeah, just going back into it retrospectively after we've given ourselves permission to think that it's meaningful and after giving ourselves permission to, um, you know, glorify it in a way because now we're saying, okay, you know, there's some good there and I want to go back and look at it and I want to go back and sort of glorify the good parts because a lot of, it was a lot of information, a lot of it was noise but there are some golden nuggets in there. And probably a lot more than we knew. And even if there weren't that many, maybe now knowing that there could be golden nuggets, we can have a different perspective and, and maybe a little, little less fear when it comes on. And, and of course in the book, I do talk about the mental health system a little criti- critically sometimes. Clitically, I don't think that's a word and it's probably a little little harsh sounding but it's hard to make it sound peachy or like a warm apple pie it's I don't know it's if you've been through the system I don't know maybe I've been influenced by what other people say as well and hearing bad experiences of other people but I really haven't had that many bad experiences. Um, You know, being stuck on medications and being dependent on them is a bad experience, but it's a common one. And so I think that it's been great in a way, but it's been great in the way that I'm able to do this, which is find the information that I want to harvest and harness and share from my journey and experiences and if you take everything that I say in the book and will say in future books and have said in all my dialogues maybe other people have said it somewhere else Um, maybe some people haven't said certain things but you know it's it just means that to me it means that mania is a meaningful experience worth looking at just like all the different areas of study out there it's like a whole new area of study but there's a lived experience area of study that people who haven't lived the experience can't do and people in mania or who experience mania or people with bipolar diagnosis they get studied for all different things you know inject with this fecal microbial transplants transcranial magnetic stimulation Probably that one where they stick the light into your brain, you know, all these different things, but how many people are out there studying this? And I think there's a lot more than um, is obvious, but since it's sort of um, seen as a thing that is not meant to be glorified, it's just awful stuff, then, you know, people don't share it or they don't talk about what they're doing. Like I've been doing this in some way, shape, or form looking into the alternatives since 2014. And I've, in my research and everything, you know, I've seen people who say, oh, this happened to me in 2015, or this has happened to me in twenty thirteen um, And they've already, like, published a book, they've already created a course, they've already done something really awesome. So I'm looking forward to making a contribution myself because more and more of us hopefully will be able to do that faster and faster until that gap is just zero where you know the experience itself is the contribution and people can see and experience people in mania as giving something giving some kind of energies from some other dimension or place that is being channeled into the material world and is like a gift and you know people generally think you know gurus or this or that who are able to maintain a certain meditation or consciousness for 20 years then people will be like wow like this is somebody to be respected and followed and read like we need to get down to you know like the instagram level of these types of things where you know in life in reality someone can give you a manic gift in the moment and it might just be 20 seconds and it's gone and then you know the person who's manic might even transform into someone who's a little bit annoyed or something and that's okay and there's still that gift there right no need to sit and ponder and everything because part of the point is that deep perception action that can happen in that type of state so that's more of the end goal rather than rather than sitting and writing books about it. It's one of the goals, I guess. It's not really a goal, but um, it's more like one of the facets. Because there are many fascinating facets to this. Like, yeah, I've written a book, there's information in it. But it's really not the thing. Like the thing is something, it's a different phenomena altogether. And I think it's possible. And, and we can see if we can make it possible, right? This is the time of possibilities. With all the technology, you know, even though we experience life Newtonian, Now, I can be anywhere in the world via video, so that's sort of like a quantum thing, in a way, because it's instantaneous, pretty much. Pretty close to instantaneous. And, um, yeah, so critiquing the mental health system, it's in there, it's peppered throughout. I'm pretty sure by the second book, it won't really be in there at all, because it's more about the potential and the possibilities, and applying manic consciousness or trans consciousness to other human potential frameworks not all of them but a select few Um, and then that way it sort of provides a greater context and we can say yeah that's sort sort of an aspect of manic consciousness this isn't and sort of build another consciousness for ourselves and by doing that we sort of slowly push other frameworks to the outside and um and I think there are other people in the world who've already done this and they sort of live in a different framework of consciousness than um the one that we come back to after mania is over so yeah I I critique it I talk about you know if we're trying to change this the psych system like what are the pros and cons of that and of course, like, well, for me at least, if there's an opportunity to do something that might change it a bit, sure, that's fine. But there's other people who think um, changing it is sort of feeding the beast. If it's, if it's a beast, it's a beast. And my book is more positive or critical or intense, but it's not about, it's not about depression. Um, there are some chapters on some experiences that might be called psychosis. That were also feel, felt as spiritual and scary um, at the same time. So, so yeah, I apologize in advance if it sounds like. And that's the thing by by being programmed so much with the word stigma and the word, you know, oh people don't recognize that I have an illness and and it's not me, it's the illness. Then, as soon as somebody starts saying something about the positives, it's like saying that we're like, I'm ignoring the negatives. I'm not. Like, I'm not trying to. I'm just, there's only so many pages in a book. And there's so many books out there, probably not even enough about the depressive side of bipolar or, you know, anyone's journey through bipolar. Like, all of that is useful information. And I do share some of mine. But again, it just doesn't dwell there. Because um, I'm trying to cover another part that um, it doesn't get enough justice. And, you know, we could ask, well, does the, does mania justify the, the fallout and what happens? And I don't know, maybe not, but maybe it can if we see it differently. I still think in my experience that it does because it's brought a lot of meaning to my life. And maybe most of it is philosophizing, but I don't think so because I experience the manifest results often. And not as often lately. But um that's fine. Um it's not something that needs to be counted or anything like that. So, you know, like I haven't found a five leaf clover in a while. So what? But um yeah, so it's not totally about that suffering aspect, um, and you know, I de- I ask, you know, are there benefits to mental and emotional crisis? I'm not the first person to say this, you know. I'm not um, creating a wheel here from scratch or being the first to say that. So there's a lot of people who talk about some of the benefits in trauma. So if someone can say there's benefits in trauma, I don't know how someone can't say there's benefits in mania, because there are. And it just sucks. It's followed by psychosis maybe, and a depression usually, and then it's very hard to get back there or look at that. Um, And also, if we're told not to look into it, it doesn't expand. Like the, The context doesn't expand as much as if we start to look into it and 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 it'll talk to us, you know, it'll talk and share more. That's the beauty of it. And it's about creating being able to create our own information in our own consciousness. And when we can do that, it's amazing. And so there's other people who are critical of the mental health system, and I go into that a little bit um related to how I created the word um, re-uncovery, because we're re-uncovering what we uncovered in mania. And so also talking about um, neurodiversity and um, saying that maybe we as bipolar people are on that sort of spectrum being neurodiverse but you know life or human society doesn't like when people change rapidly is the thing they don't think that that should be possible or um desirable because you know how you can't predict people that way and then it's kind of scary right and if we get scared we just kind of freeze so um yeah and then I shared a bit about when I discovered that I wasn't the only one who thought that mania had a spiritual aspect and um you know spirituality is a big part of it but you know 10 years later for me I don't even think about the word spiritual ever so that's why I I went towards more like meaning um and you know, because if we we're thinking, oh, that's spiritual, it detracts from the actual meaning or the actual message that's trying to be conveyed and can also, when we call, when we label it something, it sort of shrinks into that. And it's like, well, I already know what that is, so you don't have to show me more. And we don't want to do that. Is if we're going to re-uncover things. And... And also, um, a big part of it is relanguaging, so I create quite a few new terms or um, put out there a bunch of neologisms, which means new word, and I think we're really good at this as bipolar people, and I think it's a gift and a talent, and I don't know about a talent, but it's a gift, um, and we can learn to use it. Uh, many people use it by doing poetry and art and, and rap and that's awesome and I think we can also get it into other areas many other areas because you know, if you can create new language well, I won't go there right now but um, so I, I talk about the self-dialogue process which I have with myself i don't even like the word self really because part of this book i question whether the self really exists as we think it and again that questioning goes back hundreds of years anyway um but you know in mania if you're all of a sudden one person a different person and five, five seconds ago you were this person like how can you think that there's like a consistent self Well, I don't want to say that. I don't want to say how can you think, but it questions what is the self. Is there a consistent person, personality, self? Or is trying to stay consistent to that part of the trouble of the world? Because we're always trying to keep up how we're supposed to be in certain situations. And we don't end up being how we would naturally be. And we're doing it for our sake and the sake of other people. And then that just creates this whole, you know, world that is like that. And then so as soon as somebody's being all spontaneous, people don't like it. Well, we just don't have practice, that's all. And we don't have permission to do that. Um, And then if we do end up going into a state where we just can't help it, we can't help but not pretend, then, you know, we could be locked away and medicated for life so you know it is a dangerous it's a dangerous game to show yourself to show yourself yourself without any control over that process happening it's like a a mutative awakening and so yeah some of this stuff I you know I bring in a little bit of science here and there but you know if there's something that I didn't quote it's because I probably just made it up myself and if somebody else said it, I just didn't know. And plus, I say a lot of things, and I can't i can't put a reference for everything. I'm having somebody decide. I picked out a lot of the references, and then I'm having someone pick out the rest. So, um, yeah, I go, this part, this part I go into about, you know, the self, thought, the false self all that like it's kind of uncomfortable to talk about because there's so many books out there that are really good on the subject like so many and so many great thinkers so so I don't want to pretend that I know what I'm talking about as that much but I'm trying to just sort of make a point because I think we as people who experience bipolar mania we aren't told these things, so for some people this will be like old news, like, yeah, I've heard about the ego, I've read The Power of Now, blah, 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 and then other people will be like, what the heck, like, of course I have a self and all that, and then, you know, so it'll be just varied things, and I'm just trying to share little bits that seem to stick through those ten iterations I told you about. So it's not meant to be perfect, and it's not meant to be, like, perfectly scientific and um yeah again like does it does the self exist and what about other aspects of the mind and you know how do we sort of disengage the self or can we and then I go kind of into a section on mania but it's not very great because it's like all this content in a way is from mania and it's sort of to build a bridge from mania to the mainstream world but it's not so much about like a story about mania or all the different things in mania like it's sort of subjective to the person so the specifics of mania are not really as interesting so I kind of just got a list of sort of metaphors of mania and you know, the supersensitivity of mania. Because again, um, in the next book, I'll be talking about mania related to um, other human potential thought lines. So, yeah, I'm not trying to really talk about it so much on its own. So, I think I could have done a better job of this area, but it didn't really happen. And then, you know, the, the last part I talk about from the first time I went from mania to psychosis and. Uh, you know, sort of different views of psychosis and crisis and you know feeling like going crazy. and then I just go into a few other things about um, you know, I guess in a way, it's part of depression where theres could be anger, pain, um, just not forgetting about the physical world. And, um, then I talk about a few hints for navigating the next cycle, which there's tons out there. Um, a lot of people have so much great information. This is just a few bits. So, you know, one can think of this book as like, oh, it's trying to be like this big, complete message, which isn't exactly right. Or it's like these bits, it's like food for building a bridge to mania or sparking, um, your re-uncovery process if that's what you wish to do and yeah it's not meant to be like this is how it is or anything it's just kind of like ideas and putting certain things out there and um, I went on Spotify and I looked up in the podcast section I looked up the word bipolar and um, I found a lot of different podcasts and people that started them over the years and started sharing them and then they just stopped. Like, they didn't keep going. Some just had one episode or a few. But there were about 14 or so that were still still active. And um, none of them seemed completely similar to what what I'm doing. But there was one that was had a few uh, topics that maybe are something that I've touched on. So yeah, I just hope more people get out there and and talk and share and hoping to create a new conversation. And yeah, I, I need to wrap it up for now, but I'll come back and, and this was helpful to just talk a little bit about what I've been writing about and Um, You know, I don't know if a book is the best medium, so I'll try to get it out there in other forms because sometimes it's hard to read. I find it hard to read sometimes even now. Just it's challenging. So I will get it out there in other forms as well. And I hope that it's enjoyable and I will try my best to talk to myself more and I listened to what I was saying about, you know, in my journey from my documented bipolar journey of three years. And talking with myself and, and being able to live all my dreams, even though they weren't like huge dreams, but they were pretty big for me. And um, I'm just about to head off to California in that journey. So that was that was amazing in many ways. And... Um, I hope that you enjoyed hearing a little bit about the book. Stay tuned and, um, I will talk soon. Thank you for listening to Bipolar Inquiry. If you're enjoying the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. Remember, use your voice, craft your consciousness embody your potential, enter a quantum paradigm. The Bipolar Inquiry podcast is not meant to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Information in this show is not medical advice. Thanks again for listening, and we'll catch you in the next episode.